News right here on RBN Live. This 29th day of November 2023, Simul on Speak Free Radio. Make a note in your calendar. Beginning Monday, December 4th, the show will begin one hour earlier. Instead of instead of from uh, three to five central, it's going to be from two to four central. Instead of four to six eastern, it's going to be three to five Eastern. You don't want to miss it. You want to make sure you have it right. That first hour can be really important, just as today. I promise you I'd have Scott Bennett on RT. He gave this sensational interview. Notice how the host, who appears to be British, she certainly has a British accent, seems not to fully appreciate that the war in Ukraine has been over turning Ukraine into the new Israel. Here it is with Scott Bennett. U.S. Army officer Scott Bennett. Scott, thank you so much for coming in um, and visiting us. Lovely to be with you. Um, the first thing, obviously, I want to just hear about, um, we just saw you've just got back from Don Bass. Just talk us through some of the highlights. Well, first, let me say, Saskia, thank you to Olya, our director and uh, our cameraman uh, and our driver, Sonia. They kept me alive. And so did the Russian military that were there. And I was very grateful for the Russian government to arrange the visa. Uh, when I went to Donetsk, I saw basically what I think the Germans saw in World War II when they inspected the Nazi concentration camps. As an American, I was going through and I was seeing the crimes that were being done by U.S. government weapons and military and finances. I saw shredded buildings. I saw uh, holes in the ground. I saw people's lives ruined. So that was the first takeaway. When I arrived in the city of Donetsk, I saw a war zone. I saw a city of civilians being terrorized. This isn't a uh, conventional war. These are acts of terror being sponsored by the United Kingdom and the United States and NATO for a fooled and doomed campaign against Russia. But I also was left tremendously optimistic because the Russian military and all the Russian volunteers from every corner of Russia are the greatest men, the greatest soldiers one could have. And Russia will never lose with such men because they're not fighting out of uh, a vendetta. They're fighting out of a love for their families and their motherland. They don't want to kill the Ukrainians, uh, but they have to stand and defend their, their homeland. And I think the Ukrainians are all leaving Zelensky in droves, and they're looking for reasons to come to the Russian front lines. And I'd simply say every Ukrainian should have no fear of any Russian soldier or volunteer. Every Ukrainian should lay down their guns 
and come to the Russian side where they will live and preserve their own country. If they don't, if they continue to follow Zelensky, every one of them will die and Ukraine will be a ruin and an ash heap in history. You talk that, obviously, I mean, the very dark portrait that you paint for us. Um, it is obviously a war zone. Um, did you have any close encounters? Well, when we were leaving, they fired uh, multiple drones with HIMAR missiles, and maybe they were trying to kill me because I was out there broadcasting and I was out putting up the scenes of women that were left in one-room apartments with uh, all their belongings around them and uh, devastated lives. I saw uh, the men who were cameramen out there, too, that captured the images of tortured Ukrainian women that were left behind by these drug-induced, fanatical Ukrainian Zelensky Nazis. And uh, I saw and inspected the weapons. I saw the U.S. defense contractor Uline, which everybody can look up Uline.com and contact them. These are American contractors, American HIMARS. American cluster bombs being used to target civilians. That's a war crime. That's a crime against humanity. So when I go back, I'm going to be taking all this material back to the Republicans, back to Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Gates, and saying all of this needs to stop because we are committing war crimes in the names of the American people, and it is a violation of our Constitution. And I also told the men on the front, have no fear. The United States, American people do not want to back this war. They are not backing Zelensky. They are not giving money and weapons anymore. Well, I mean, talking about the American aspect of this, we know that uh, Washington is the patron of, of Ukraine and that the Ukrainian government, both militarily and politically, would quite literally collapse yes. without that money coming in from the U.S. I mean, Washington recently admitted that 96 percent of the funds that it had allocated for Kiev have been used. So how much longer are American taxpayers going to be willing to foot this bill? Do we think that we're going to see a shift in the attitude towards Zelensky and co around election time? Well, I know as an American and as a conservative and someone who's been close to Tucker Carlson and close to President Trump and all my political experiences, no American conservative Christian wants this. No one wants to back Zelensky. No one wants to give money or weapons to commit war crimes. So we have fired the American Congress and the Democrat, the Moniacs, and said no more. And the Democrats have been thrown from power. So the Republicans have come in, and it's now a question of are they going to listen to the American people who have spoken resoundingly no more backing of Ukraine or Zelensky. Zelensky is Hitler in the bunker. He's a dead man walking. He's a lunatic. And if there's any responsible military figure left in Ukraine, they should rise up, uh, arrest him for war crimes and immediately sue for peace with Russia. If there's any Amer if there's any Ukrainian military man with honor, they will do that. Otherwise, the Ukrainian military leadership are just as fanatical and worthless as this political puppet Zelensky following the Biden dictates. Well, if we look inside uh, Kiev, since you, you've raised it, I mean, the representative of Zelensky's uh, party, Servant of the People, recently, I think, if not just yesterday or today, called upon the army chief, that's Valery Zeluzhny, a polarizing figure. People say that he hasn't done enough. Some say that he's a hero to step down. Do you think that we're beginning to see some cracks, a split between the political and the military 
uh, elite within Ukraine. Well, I think you're witnessing exactly that. You're seeing people in the military realizing this is hopeless. There's no there's no hope for Ukraine. There's no hope for a military victory against Russia. I'm astounded by the Russian humility and patience. I thought Russia would go in within a month and destroy everything. They have not. And it's been a revelation of the magnanimity of the Russian character that Tolstoy and others have talked about. Russia never wanted to go in and and hurt uh, Ukrainians, but they could not tolerate a Nazi presence of fanaticism that outlawed the Russian culture, outlawed the Russian language, killed women and children. Uh, That was the whole purpose of this. There was no Russian invasion of Ukraine. There was Russia stepping in, defending the republics of Donetsk and Lugansk and Crimea that declared independence from Nazis. So there's been a shift, and I think we're witnessing Zeluzhny or others saying, we have to rise up like Colonel Stauffenberg did in World War II, and the removal of Zelensky follows what they tried to do in the removal of Adolf Hitler. And Zelensky is no better than Hitler. In fact, he's worse because he's more stupid, he's worse dressed, and he certainly doesn't know how to prosecute uh, a, a peace deal when it was in front of him last February of 2022. Well, it's interesting because you talk about discontent um, and I would imagine that there are many relatives of those who have lost brothers and fathers and sisters at this stage. We're seeing women being recruited who are pretty angry and perhaps ready to say no to Zelensky. But he hasn't and he's not giving them the chance because elections are going to be cancelled. Now, his justification is that military uh, uh, martial law allows for that. Do you buy that justification? No, Zelensky is hanging on by his fingernails, hoping that the United States is going to rescue him in a C-130 and take him back to his Miami mansion. He is sorely uh, misadvised, and I would hope Russia would blow up that mansion by any means possible. But Zelensky is uh, driving the Ukrainian men and women and children and old people, 17 to 7 years old, to their deaths. He's loading them into the meat grinder like wood into a sawmill. And uh, the Ukrainians have foolishly uh, went along with it instead of rising up saying we want to be a neutral country, friendly to Europe, friendly to the United States and friendly to Russia. Kiev was the source and the original land of, of Mother Russia's Orthodox Church. Zelensky, a fake Jew, has destroyed the Russian Orthodox religion in Ukraine. And he has, uh, uh, you know, outlawed and, and in fact abused priests. So he's everything that the American people find abhorrent. And I think for that reason, they're demanding no more money or weapons go to him. But I do think he's on thin ice. He realizes it. But the Ukrainian people have to overthrow him. The Ukrainian people have to realize their future lies without Zelensky. If they have Zelensky in any way kept in that country, it is like keeping a cancer in the body. And Ukraine will only die a worse death. You know, I, I feel that we have to mention also the, the Israel aspect mm-hmm. to this. Um, this is obviously a story that is dominating a lot of our bulletins, quite rightly. And I know, cynical as it sounds, but did the war in Gaza come at a good time for the West vis-a-vis Ukraine? Well, it's a, certainly a pivot point. Uh, I know that the Israeli Mossad were in Ukraine training the Ukrainians how to torture people. And I know the Israeli Mossad have been involved from 9-11 to Iraq to all sorts of bad behavior. I know Israel stabbed Russia in the back. Uh, I know Israel also stabbed the United States in the back, stabbed President Trump in particular. 
So Israel's special services involved with Ukraine sent 2,000 of those soldiers back to Israel when this conflict opened up. 2,000 Israeli soldiers left the battlefields of Ukraine fighting and killing Russians to go back to Israel and kill Gazans and Palestinians and engage in this genocide. So I think the United States is very happy to have pivoted out because there's no winning against Russia. Russians will never lose. They'll never surrender. They'll never retreat. And every corner of Russia has come to this fight. And uh, it is something to behold. It is a deeply humbling thing to meet all of these Russian volunteers and military come with such joy in their hearts, smiles on their faces, but resolve like men of steel never to back down. And they will carry this and, and win to the day. But Israel has been a big part of this. I think their original plan, too, was to bring all sorts of uh, Jewish repopulation into the areas of Ukraine that they were trying to kill and push out all the Orthodox Christians. That's something else the uh, Ukrainian Orthodox Christians should understand. Zelensky, the, the fake Jew, has went in there and tried to push out, destroy all of the Orthodox Christians in these areas of Ukraine for Israel's transplant out over there. That's some of the intelligence that was coming to be from men on the battleground. Well, that's uh, quite a theory and so sinister, if, if indeed true. Um, then I kind of have to just ask you as a sort of final thing. Um, how, what's the off-ramp then? At what point does Ukraine say, I'm going to sit down and talk to you? They have to see that President Putin, and this was coming to me when I was interrogating or questioning uh, prisoners of war. I was asking them similar things, and uh, it came to me that they need to see President Putin and Lavrov and Zakharova as people of warmth and generosity and character and gentleness, that they are the prodigal father and Ukraine is the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. And they are welcoming the Ukrainian prodigal son back into the arms of Mother Russia. They can be independent. They can be of their own country. But they can't be a, a, a NATO uh, aircraft carrier to wage war against Russia. They can't be a country full of Nazis that uh, uh, wage uh, war against the Russians and outlaw the Russian language, outlaw the Russian church, outlaw the Russian culture. Uh, but the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainian volunteers need to see that Russia is beckoning them to uh, come back to a state of peace. And I think, again, if every Ukrainian on the battlefield puts down their weapons into the snow and puts a white flag and runs to the Russian line, they will be greeted with hot tea, food, and a welcoming gesture and a hug, and they will see what true Slavic Russian brotherhood is. And if they keep fighting you, Zelensky, they will all die, and Ukraine will be nothing but a memory, and Joe Biden and Rishi Shunak and Emmanuel Macron and Boris uh, Johnson and, and uh, Schultz and Ursula von Leyen will simply go, eh, it didn't work, while 500,000 Ukrainian voices call out from the grave in a haunting desolation that the United States and the United Kingdom and all of NATO are responsible for, and there need to be crimes against humanity prosecuting these people for what they did to the Russian people in Donetsk, Lugansk, and Crimea. And I go back to America to make sure those proofs and evidence are brought forth to the American Congress. Well, I think that's probably the, I mean, like with any war, that is the most tragic thing. Politicians sending boys to the front, really suffering no losses themselves and willing to sacrifice young people and deprive them of their future. We really appreciate you coming in um, and giving us this fresh perspective. Um, let's hope for everyone that this tragedy wraps up as quickly as possible and that people wake up to the reality of what's I really going on there. 
I hope so, Saskia, and I'm left with a lot of hope because the the Russian the Russian military and the Russian volunteers were very very uh, disciplined and powerful. And I was amazed at their humility and welcoming of me. I was very appreciative. Well, I'm very glad to hear that you did get a warm welcome. You had a very warm welcome here too. It was an honor to have you. That was former U.S. officer, U.S. Army officer Scott Bennett. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Now, in case you heard what you thought were background noise on Russian television, they they were using previous interviews and events of Scott in the Donbass firing weapons, interacting with the troops and all that, and they let a little bit of the sound come in. Now, Scott and I have been collaborators for at least 10 years. I'm very proud of him. This is quite important. You have a U.S. Army former intel PSYOP officer in Donbass, Reporting on war crimes by Ukrainians. This is not only getting brave reviews here in the United States, but it's being shared with Arabs, the Arab nations. He mentioned, by the way, the peace plan. Many are unaware, but the U.S. and the U.K. had Zelensky reject a peace proposal that came from Russia very early on and could have saved most of those 500,000 lives. Here again from RT, Putin aid reveals original peace terms Russia offered Ukraine. Crimea and Donbass were non-negotiable. Kiev could have stopped the conflict in April 2022 by recognizing the independence of the two Donbass republics in Crimea as Russian territory. The head of Moscow negotiating team, Vladimir Bedinsky, said Tuesday, the former culture minister led the Russian delegation at the Istanbul talks, where he said Ukraine missed the opportunity to end the war and save hundreds of thousands of lives. Among our non-negotiable demands were the recognition of Russian sovereignty over Crimea and recognition of the independence of the Donbass republics. He added Moscow also had a long list of humanitarian demands pertaining to the protection of the Russian-speaking population of Donbass, insists that Russia never set itself the goal of conquering Ukraine and that the chief objective of the military operation was the protection of Russian-speaking civilians. However, backed up with a promise of full Western support, Ukrainian President Zelensky chose war. It's just outrageous but it was Boris Johnson and the Biden administration that encouraged him to proceed apace. We have further confirmation here from an article entitled The Myth that Putin uh, that was bent on conquering Ukraine and creating a greater Russia. Evidence suggests that Russia and Ukraine were engaged in a fruitful peace negotiation post-February 22, 2022, facilitated by Turkey and Israel. However, progress halted when the U.S. and U.K. advised Ukraine to abandon the talks. The West conventional view that Russia aimed to annex Ukraine is challenged by these negotiations, focusing on Russian demand for Ukrainian neutrality against joining NATO. Some believe that the intervention from the West led to Russia annexing more Ukrainian territory. John Mearsheimer reports, there's a growing body of compelling evidence showing that Russia and Ukraine were involved in serious negotiations to end the war in Ukraine right after it started on 24 February 2022. These talks were facilitated by Turkish President Recep Erdogan 
and former Israeli Prime Minister Natavi Bennett featured detailed and candid discussion of the terms of a possible settlement. By all accounts, they were making progress when Britain and the U.S. told the Ukrainian president to abandon them, which he did. Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and judiciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food. Seeing that the dollar is cheap, that's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And yet gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis, gold a valuable thing to store, the power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the Ides of Rare Coin Dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com.
Well, in terms of technology, we have MilitaryWatchMagazine.com reporting yesterday Russian SU-57 fighters to now serve as mothership carriers for miniature drones. These drones are becoming increasingly important in modern warfare. Small unmanned aerial vehicles have been developed to be carried by and operate alongside Russian SU-57 fifth-generation fighter aircraft, according to informed state sources. Many UAVs to be used for various purposes have been created for the SU-57, which the aircraft will be able to carry on an external sling and inside the fuselage and drop in the air. It is planned the fighter will launch several drones at once and control the group of drones. Very interesting. Meanwhile, Colonel McGraver has tweeted. This is actually on Twitter. It's not one of his lengthy interviews. Get this. We are on the road to a regional war in the Middle East. When the ceasefire ends, I don't see any evidence of an end state other than the elimination of Gaza. When this commences, Middle Eastern nation will coalesce into a full-scale war on Israel. The question becomes, will Israel survive? I think this guy is among the most astute observers. I think it's uh, he's got it absolutely right. There are increasing signs, by the way, that the Israelis, in particular Bibi Netanyahu, are becoming increasingly panicked. Meanwhile... In the Israeli-Palestine war, freed Palestinian children say fellow prisoners were tortured to death. At least five Palestinian prisoners reported dead from abuse in Israeli jails, according to the testimony of freed teens. This is from Middle East Eye, a very reliable organization. We also have an Israeli tank gunner revealing orders to fire indiscriminately into a kibbutz. That, of course, is inhabited by Israel, Israelis, by Israeli citizens. Are there civilians there, the gunner said? He says, I don't know. Just shoot. That's the attitude they have. And, of course, as I've explained, they're seeking to run up their numbers. Now, there's a very peculiar phenomenon that's occurred, including in relation to Elon Musk, who has been uh, drawn into Israel and he's been, uh, you know, getting the Netanyahu treatment. It was very famous, Lyndon Johnson, the Johnson treatment. Johnson had an ability to manipulate men that was unparalleled. It was as though he could instantly assess a man's weaknesses and strength and dominate him. BB is showing Elon just the evidence he wants Elon to see, all of which suggests that Hamas are the bad guys. They're committing the murders, and Israel is innocent. Well, listen to what Elon has to say here. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say an emotionally <laughs> difficult day uh, to see the places where people were murdered. I just did a talk with uh, the Prime Minister... And um, I think there's, I mean, obviously the, the, the three things that need to happen uh, in, in the Gaza situation, I mean, there's no choice but to kill those who insist on uh, murdering civilians. There's no choice. Um, they're not going to change their mind. But, and then the second thing is to change the, the education 
so that a, a new generation of, of murderers is not trained to be murderers. And then, the, and then the third thing, which is also very important, is to try to build prosperity. It was uh, certainly been... Um, Just to repeat. A day, I would say an emotionally difficult day uh, to see the places where people were murdered. I just did a talk with the, the Prime Minister, and um, I think there's, I mean, obviously there, there are three things that need to happen uh, in, in the Gaza situation. I mean, there's no choice but to kill those who insist on uh, murdering civilians. There's no choice. Um, they're not going to change their mind. But And then the second thing is to change the, the education so that a new generation of, of murderers is not trained to be murderers. And then, the, and then the third thing, which is also very important, is to try to build prosperity. Let me just say what he says. There's obviously no choice but to kill those who are murdering civilians. Does he realize he's talking about the Israelis who are conducting a mass slaughter, a genocide before the world's very eyes? He's being played, of course. Uh, you know, he used to be a furniture salesman, like a used car salesman, you know, a guy who emphasized the great upholstery in the car and the nice stereo and ignored needs a ring job and a new transmission. That's the way BB plays the game. Meanwhile, we have all kinds of reports of travesties taking place. The electronic intifada living through hell in Gaza are just you know, right back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. My name is John, I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. up the rice in the church where a wedding has been lives in a dream waits at the window wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door who is it for all the lonely We think we're defending democracy. Here we have an Israeli court sentencing a Palestinian youth to 17 years in prison over protests. The sentence harshness to be handed out in connection with the 2021 riots between Palestinian and Jewish residents of mixed Israeli towns. That's coming from the Middle East eye. Here's another Israeli history teacher arrested and jailed for Facebook posts opposing the killing of Palestinians. Now, you think Bibi and uh, uh, Herzog, the president of Israel, are going to point out to Elon Musk that the Israelis are killing 10 Palestinians for every Israeli who is killed by Hamas? I mean, it's outrageous. Meanwhile, we have Lebanese crops that have been ruined by the use of white phosphorus unexploded bombs. This is very bad. Farmers returning to Lebanon south amid a lull in fighting found crops contaminated by white phosphorus and fields littered with unexploded munitions. That's going to create chaos just for surviving. Meanwhile, the cost of engagement is hurting our friends and allies. American greatness is explaining what's going on here. Our allies are rightfully considering whether the U.S. will abide by its own treaty obligations. One of the keys and unfortunately consistent failures of the American foreign policy is in assessing the impact of foreign policy decisions on U.S. national security. 
This is especially true as it relates to the Biden admin's resumption of unaccountable engagement with the Chinese Communist Party. In the wake of the PRC spy balloon incident over America in February 23, the Biden admin began in earnest to reverse the Trump policy of great power competition with the People's Republic. The first step in the Biden reset came in May of 2023, when CIA Director Nicholas Burns made a secret trip to Beijing to meet with his Chinese counterparts and emphasize the importance of maintaining open lines of communication and intelligence channels, a visit opening the floodgates for a series of cabinet-level and other senior government and former government officials to Beijing to meet their counterparts in all in the name of lowering tension and restoring good relations. But the consequences can be simply enormous. Meanwhile, uh, Conor McGregor says the Irish won't tolerate endless mass migration. He's got the right attitude. It's a crime against the fabric of Irish society. We should have the same attitude here. UFC star Conor McGregor can need to be outspoken on the issue of mass migration saying the Irish won't tolerate the fear, panic, and unrest it brings, not to mention the costs, as I reported yesterday. The migrants being brought across the United States' southern border are costing us, you and me, the American taxpayer, $450 billion a year. $450 billion a year. And I guarantee you that cost is only going to exceed, it's going to skyrocket. Meanwhile, the Gateway Pundit reports, U.S. and U.K. military contractors launched an essential censorship group who later morphed into the censorship industrial complex after the 2016 Trump election. A whistleblower has stepped forward with documented evidence revealing the origin of the censorship industrial complex following the election of Donald Trump and passage of Brexit in the UK. In other words, they were worried that enthusiasm for war would wane, so they went all out uh, to censor pro-Trump media. Outrageous. They were worried their profit margin was going to suffer. Here we have Norman Finkelstein dismantling Hillary's Israeli spin. Let's see what he has to say. But of course, we got to deal with the initial, initial... You mentioned a little while ago that our former Secretary of State and former First Lady Hillary Clinton has been making the rounds, laying out her argument for why she is opposed to a ceasefire, even after all of the many civilians um, who have been killed by Israel in this conflict. Um, she laid out her uh, argument in an Atlantic piece. She said that ceasefires freeze conflicts rather than resolve them. In 2012, freezing the conflict in Gaza was an outcome that we and the Israelis were willing to accept. But Israel's policy since 2009 of containing rather than destroying Hamas has failed. A ceasefire now that restored the pre-October 7th status quo would leave the people of Gaza living in a besieged enclave under the domination of terrorists and leave Israelis vulnerable to continued attacks. It would also consign hundreds of hostages to continued captivity. She also made an appearance on The View where she uh, bolstered this argument with her version of some of the recent history. Let's take a listen to a little bit of what she said there. The problem predates October 7th. And I right. think that's what President Obama was talking about, because let's remember 
this is a very long and complicated history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My husband, with the Israeli government at the time in 2000, offered a Palestinian state to the Palestinians at that time uh, run by Arafat, Yasser Arafat, and the PLO, and the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which, by the way, took out of its charter violence against Israel. Mm -hmm. So you've got to separate the Palestinians who believe that there is some future of peace with Hamas, which believes it has to destroy Israel. Yeah. Those are two different organizations, right. and they have to be viewed in that way. Arafat turned that down. There would have been a Palestinian state now for 23 years if he had not walked away from it. There was another attempt when I was secretary of state to try to, you know, bring the Palestinians and the Israelis together. That didn't work out. Hamas came in and basically destroyed all of that and killed a lot of other Palestinians. So I think when President Obama says that, it requires us to look at the history. And of course, history holds all of us accountable. So what is your view of except, how she... Except Hillary Clinton, who destroyed Libya. History holds all of us accountable, except Hillary Clinton. But let's leave that aside. What I would like you to do, Crystal, is simply ask me one specific question from that. She made many, many statements. She talked about 2000, when her right. husband presided over the uh, attempted peace agreement, she talked about Hamas, how Hamas destroyed everything. She talked about ceasefires don't exist. Uh, you would not have time for another question if I were to go into all of that. So you use your, you know, you use your intelligence. You're very smart. Which aspect do you find most? Um, uh, challenging, and then I'll try to answer it uh, going through the details. Well, one of the uh, claims that she made there, which I hear repeated often, is that uh, it was on the Palestinian side that peace has been rejected. And she says there that Palestinians could have had a state now for 23 years had Yasser Arafat not walked away from the deal that uh, her husband was attempting to craft. So do you agree with that assessment? What does she get wrong there? Well, she gets everything wrong, and I'm going to try to explain why. I do know all the details, and you'll, I hope the listeners will forgive me for going into the details. There have been four basic issues to try to resolve this conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, okay? Issue is, number one, borders. Where should the borderline be drawn between Israel and the Palestinians? The Palestinians accepted the position of the international community. The borderline should be drawn where it was before the June 1967 war. That is, the whole of the West Bank, including East Jerusalem and Gaza, would form an independent Palestinian state alongside Israel. The Palestinians accepted the position of the international community. All the legal bodies in the world, the International Court of Justice, all the political bodies, the UN General Assembly, everybody accepted 
the border should be what's called the pre-June 1967 border, or the whole of the West Bank, including East Jerusalem, and Gaza would be the Palestinian state side by side with Israel. Israel rejected that position. Israel wanted a part of the West Bank. In its last offer, in its last offer, it wanted approximately 8% of the West Bank. So it rejected the international community's position. There's a lot more to it, of course, but I just want to point out, you know, that the, the complexities are such you have to dig deep to understand what's going on. Meanwhile, Schumer is vowing to bring a bill for Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan to the vo- for a vote soon. MSNBC has crossed the line with an unfortunate attack comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has been vocal about his concern regarding immigration, characterizing it as a problem for America. This assertion prompts public reflection on the state of migration and its impact on the nation. The question this poll asks is, do you agree with Trump's perspective that America is facing a migrant problem? And how does this perception influence public debates on immigration policies and border control? 98% agreed. Only 2% did not. Meanwhile, we have a former head of the RNC calling, or what appears to be calling for Trump to be arrested. How absurd is this? Republican former chairman Michael Steele, I once thought he was a good guy, called for former President Trump to be imprisoned following his recent attack on court staff and judges looking into his multiple cases. I mean, how absurd can you get? To hell with you, Michael Steele. You're disqualifying yourself to be taken seriously. Meanwhile, Robert De Niro has botched a speech, bashed Trump, then lashed out at those he was there to thank. Very, very sad. De Niro, I like as an actor, but in terms of political analysis, he doesn't know his a-hole from his elbow. Meanwhile, Tom Penton observed, doesn't this strike you as odd? I have heard from more than one source that there are regular meetings at Obama's house in Calarama. This is only a couple miles from the White House, including top figures from the current White House with Secret Service and cars outside. I don't write about it because it's not my lane. There are over a thousand reporters in Washington, and yet there are zero stakeouts at Obama's mansion if only to tell us who is coming and going. But he clearly has his or in. Yes, most of us have concluded that it's actually Obama who is running the show, that uh, the Biden guy is merely the puppet, that Obama is pulling the strings. Meanwhile, a federal judge has ordered the FBI to hand over evidence in the former DNC employee South Ridge murder case within 14 days. Now, I did extensive research on South Ridge's death. It was he who did the download of data from the DNC servers. Seth Rich supported Bernie Sanders. He was disillusioned at the way the DNC had discounted Bernie, transferring some 16 
uh, primaries and caucuses, Bernie had won into Hillary's column in order to ensure she would be the nominee. He was upset about it, and he released information about it that was extremely revealing. My understanding is John Podesta made a, the order to take him out, that they wanted to set an example, and he didn't even care if the evidence were uncertain. Seth Rich was murdered, have no doubt about it. No, nothing suicidal, and it was in retaliation. I think it's sensational. We have a judge directing this evidence to come out because it's going to be very, very telling and very, very nasty. There was no Russian hacking of the DNC. That was all made up as a cover story. Meanwhile, Harvard's shocking admission, uh, 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 affirmative action and critical race theory killed South Africa. This is rather intriguing. On those bleak corners of the Internet that fret about economic growth, social cohesion, and other boring stuff, there's a common question. What happened in 1971? On one chart after another, for the U.S., there's a pattern of steady growth and improvement in life that suddenly goes haywire right around 1971. Wage growth staggered for all the richest Americans. Inequality exposed. Housing practices began a long upward march that had yet to level out. Fertility rates crashed. Illegitimacy surged on on and on. Many other nations have data that tell a similar story around the same time. One that has a very different year that marks a shift in fortune in South Africa. The question could well be what happened in 1994. In that country, the expectation grew until the 1990s when they suddenly went into reverse, driven heavily by an explosion of AIDS. Primary school enrollment in the country peaked in the early 1990s and began to go down. The last year, South Africa outperformed the rest of sub-Saharan Africa in economic growth. It was 1994. A lot of fascinating issues there. Meanwhile... A U.S. Disney has been faced to make a stunning admission about its battle with Ron DeSantis. Disney had decided to go all in in its culture war. They are paying a steep price for going war. They've been forced to make a stunning admission about their battle with DeSantis. The Disney company has taken a massive financial hit after citing to inject radical gender ideologies and other form of workness into its entertainment, its movies, and such. They lost its magic touch at the box office with a string of high-profile bombs, and its streaming business continues to rack up losses in the billions. Dizzy admitted, going woke has impacted its bottom line in an annual financial report filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. We'll be right back. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced. 
and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. One final story for today's show, but it's a doozy. Research involving the military is highly prized because it's a, they have such thorough data on each of the individual subjects that scientists who are doing research with military groups can have findings that they know are highly accurate. Well, here we have a U.S. Navy medical officer exposing Defense Department data showing an alarming increase in heart-related issues among pilots following the COVID injections. Myocarditis up by 151%. I repeat that. Myocarditis up by 151%. 
But if you thought that was bad, heart failure up by 973%. 973%. Since the introduction, this is a gateway pundit. Since the introduction of the experimental COVID vaccine, the pundit has been covering numerous studies from health professionals revealing startling findings that mRNA-19 vaccines are linked to the rapid onset of heart-related problems in individuals across all age groups. On Monday, Lieutenant Ted Macy, an active duty officer in the Navy Medical Service Corps and a whistleblower, revealed DOD data indicating a significant rise in heart-related issues among military pilots following a COVID vax. Lieutenant Macy, who also serves as a, as a Navy health administrator and medical recruiter, shared these findings in a recent video elaborating on concerns initially raised by his wife, Marcia, Mar, Mara Macy, a candidate for Florida's 5th Congressional District in the House. Her social media posts criticized the treatment of thousands of service members during the vaccine rollout, highlighting deep mistrust in military leadership and going for accountability and justice. Fat chance. So you may have seen my wife's recent post. I want to elaborate on that and give you an example as to why reinstatement, back pay, and apologies aren't enough. In a staunch reply to Missouri Senator Eric Schmidt's call, rehiring previously discharged service members with full back pay rank and an apology, Mara Macy emphasized a deep lack of distrust in military leadership among those affected by illegal mandates. No. Thousands of service members were treated with disrespect and fired because of tyranny. Yet cited recruitment charges as a reason for this should be a priority diminishes the sentiment. There's a complete lack of trust in the military leadership among those who are not only involuntarily separated, but also those who walked away, including just shy of retirement, those who fought from within but were flogged for promotion and who didn't want to take the shot. Yes, it's all there. We'll be taking your calls right after this break. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. 
at the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle